Hi, I'm Linda Mullally-Hunt, author of One for the Murphys, a Nancy Paulson book, which is an imprint of Penguin. Welcome to The Yarn. I'm Travis Yonker. This past spring, my co-host Colby Sharp interviewed Linda Mullally-Hunt at the New England SCBWI conference. In this episode, you'll find out what compels Linda to write for 16 hours straight, how One for the Murphys was inspired by Luke Skywalker, and how her main character appeared, fully formed, at an unexpected time, spoiler alert, while doing the dishes. This is the latest installment of our series called The Unraveler. In each episode, a book creator will take you inside one of their books. Their inspiration, fears, frustrations, epiphanies, the whole thing pulled apart. It's time to unravel One for the Murphys. This book is about an eighth grade girl named Carly Connors who um, is blindsided by something that happens within her own family and she lands in foster care. I think that the thing that propelled it into being was actually a conversation I had with my son about Star Wars, which a lot of people find surprising. Um, my son at the time was about 10 years old and he was obsessed with that movie. We talked about it all the time. And we were talking about Luke Skywalker and how Luke Skywalker was very happy to find out who his father was, but he was very unhappy to find out who his father was. And I really started to roll that around in my mind as a writer. What would it be like to create a character that longed for something? Like she had to have it to be happy, yet didn't want the very same thing. And then after rolling that around in my head for about three weeks, I actually heard the voice of this eighth grade girl while I was doing the dishes. And she said, I ask the nurse how long I've been out. So originally, the first draft, the first three chapters of this book, began with her waking up in the hospital, putting all this together, um, and you know, and figuring out what had happened. The other, the other place that I know that this book grew from is um, when I was a kid, we had some very difficult things happen, and one of those things is that we were evicted a few times. When I was seven years old, when we were evicted from our apartment, my mother was a very hard worker and she had just gotten the kind of job that could really help us. But she couldn't leave me alone in a hotel. So I did go live with a family for three months. It was not foster care. It was my aunt and uncle, but it was a stunning experience. Like the first night that I was there, I leaned forward and I looked down the center of this table at the mother and the father and the six happy kids, and I actually mumbled to myself, so this is what it would look like because I had always wondered what it would be like to have a father around. My dad had left when I was an infant. Um, I did see him throughout my childhood, but he was not really a dad. Um, it was the first time I had been read to. It was the first time I'd been tucked in at night. Carly Connors just dropped into me as a complete character. I was doing the dishes, and she literally just dropped into my head. I put the dish down, shut off the water, literally ran to my office and started typing. To say I knew exactly who she was in the first 10 min minutes that I met her, I mean, I really did. 
I knew all the things she felt, but I didn't know why. And that was the adventure of just forcing myself to keep my fingers typing on the keyboard to find out why she was so angry, why she felt so betrayed, you know, why, why she was the kid that I knew she was. There isn't anything about my process that seems to be typical because I have a lot of writer friends that write, you know, for three hours every day. And I don't tend to do that for various reasons. I'm either traveling or, you know, doing something else. But particularly, particularly on days with precipitation, snowstorms or rain. Um, my, my editor now has a joke, like I'm praying for thunderstorms because I will, I will put out so many words. Um, on those days. And when those movies play in my head, much like the mind movies that Allie Nickerson ex experiences in Fish in a Tree, I will just type and type and type and type. And I will write for about 16 hours. I'll start it, you know, sometimes like late morning um, and just go and go and go until three in the morning. Just go and go and go. I'm afraid to walk away from the computer when those movies are so vibrant because when they're there, they really just light up and I smell things, and I feel changes in temperature, and um, no writer's gonna walk away from that. Um, and I, I hear <laughs> that a lot of people cry when they read one for the Murphys. I never shed a single tear writing it, because I think as the author, I had to stand just outside the emotion to get it on the page. the responses um, from readers with something that I didn't see coming but is but is just the best blessing of there are so many blessings on this journey but the letters I get from kids um, even now you know the Murphys has been out four years now but when I go to the mailbox there are thousands of letters thousands of them and most of them are from one for the Murphys, not Fish in a Tree, which you'd expect the letters to come from the new book, but they don't. I hear from a lot of kids that feel abandoned, whether it be foster care, whether they're living at home with two parents but feel invisible, whether their best friends have, you know, deserted them, whatever it is. There are a lot of kids that tap into Carly for different reasons and, and really find a way to put it on the page. But those letters from kids, those really, they undo me. You know, I sit at my desk and read those, and they just undo me. When I would go into schools across the country, they'd always be the kids that stand in front of me and jump around and are so excited that the author is there in person, and, oh, I love your book, and I love your book, and I love that. But with the Murphys in particular, there is always a kid who's standing 25 feet away, with the hands in the pockets, and I can see the hands are balled up in the pockets, just staring at me. And every time I go to a school, I, I ask, you know, who is that kid? I have met so many living, breathing Carlies, male and female across the country. You know, I wrote one for the Murphys as a labor of love. I did not think it would ever be published. I mean, that was so far off my radar I loved the, you know, the writing organization, SCBWI. Um, I had a lot of friends in that organization, but I didn't think that I would be a published writer. I really didn't think I had the talent to do that. Um, so therefore, the book is very emotionally honest. There were times when writing the Murphys, I would look up at the wall while I was typing and think, should I say that? Well, what's the difference? Nobody's going to read it anyway. And then off I would go. I wonder if it would be a different book if it had been under public, you know, under contract beforehand. Um, so, I, you know, I think authenticity, kids have very good filters for that.
And I have had a lot of kids just very succinctly say, thank you for being honest. Middle schoolers. Middle schoolers, man, they understand a lot more than people give them credit for. Thank you to Philip C. Stead for our theme music. If you have any ideas for an episode or season of The Yarn, send us an email at theyarnpodcast at gmail.com. The next time you hear us, The Yarn will officially be a part of the School Library Journal Network. Thank you for listening and supporting our show. I'll have a happy life someday, I say, and they're more than just words. My insides are steel, unbreakable. It won't always be like this for me. Someday I'll have a happy life. I swear I will. Her eyes tear up. That's right, Carly, and don't you ever settle for anything less. Thank you.